I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney. Next to me, as always, in his squeaky chair is Matt. Or welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. Or welcome back, yes. This may not be your first day with us. <laughs> Stay with us. Hopefully it won't be your last. And welcome. Back <laughs> to your favorite internet weight loss podcast. Yes. And today's episode is what, Matt? What, Matt? Yeah. Today, yeah, today's episode is what, Matt? So no, it's a- I, was, I was throwing to you, like today's episode is... Welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Matt, and as always, here with me is Courtney. This is going so well. One might say we're killing it. Yeah, today's today's podcast is what, Matt? It's how to recognize a bad plan. So, Courtney, how many uh, diets and weight loss programs are out there in the world? Can you give me an exact count? No, no. And I don't think anyone could give you an exact well, count. Well, because why are you here? Like, on a daily basis, there's new ones popping up. There's... Alterations made to current existing ones, so you, you know, know what keto two Allow me to make a quick detour to our friend Dr. Google. All right, weight loss plan. Let's see how many searches come up. How many pay? How many searches come up? Well, there's obviously ten pages here. Uh, seven day diet meal plan to lose weight. 1,200-calorie diet, Dr. Oz's two-week rapid weight loss plan instructions, Cool. do-it-yourself weight loss program, mm, do-it-yourself, uh, how to lose weight fast, three simple steps. Uh, what else is here? The beach life. <laughs> how many searches did it come up with? Oh, well, there's 10. Okay, well, there's 10 pages, but let's go right ahead here. Oh, wait, what am I talking about? Um, pay, I'm now on page 10 of 312,000 results. There you go. And that's just from one, one Google search of weight loss plan. I think if you made alterations to that Google search description, you, you'd come up with far more as well. So it gives you an idea, basically, of how many different plans are out there limitless how many different headlines are out there how many different promises are out there and there's more coming they do they come every day and as i said a lot of them make alterations to existing plans and then call it something new so then that is again something new they go extreme where your favorite actor uh or actress or is it act person i don't know your favorite act person uh, went on a 30-day soup diet to lose a stack of weight for their movie role. Mm. And it's now the latest craze sweeping Hollywood this week. Yes. Point we're getting at is here, there are a gazillion and one weight loss plans, programs, coaches, trainers out there. I mean, we're two of them. Yes. Um, I don't think we're two of the shit ones. We, we might be two of the fools. 
Hmm. Actually, the, the phrase I use is that you and I are idiots, but we're not idiot trainers. Yeah, that's a good one. And there's a difference there. Point is, there's a stack of uh, programs out there, and a lot of them will contradict each other, even though they all sound smart. Yes. And it sounds like, oh, well, that sounds like it might work. And then the one you read next week sounds just as good, but goes right against the one from last week. Yes. Uh, kind of awkward. <laughs> so how do you spot them? Well, that's what this episode is about, because ultimately... All this noise out in the industry and all this confusion just basically leaves people at the same point, which is, I just don't know where to start. And that's something that Courtney and I have heard a lot when we've spoken to people, is they've tried a gazillion different things and they're left at the same point. I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Uh, just It's just a mess. So we're going to break it down. Yes. We have uh, eight points here, which... Possibly could expand depending on what we talk about. <laughs> uh, eight points that we're going to hit on that you can use to recognize uh, or spot the uh, the bad ones out there, <clears throat> most of them, uh, and you know to avoid. Yes. So all I'm going to do here is uh, bring it up point by point, and then we're just going to go into it, aren't we? Yep. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so, all right, let's, well, I suppose without further ado, let's get into this. The first way to recognize a bad plan, easy. If it tells you that any one type of food, any one type of exercise methodology, or any type of nutrient is either demonized or sort of you know, put on a pedestal as like, this is the one thing that will fix everything. Yeah. So it might be, oh, you need to cut all sugar. Or you need to stop having carbs. Mm. Or, hey, here's the all-protein diet, where for 30 days, all you're doing is drinking protein powder shakes. Mmm, kill me now. Or there's too much protein, it damages your kidneys, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of different things out there that It's the really fat does. diet. All we're going to do is eat fat for a month and a half. Yeah, and you're right. I think, Matt, demonizing it, those sort of things, I think that's a perfect word for it because people really just go to the extreme with these sort of diets and they just look at them and, you know... Cut this. Oh, it gets to the point where, you know, I've heard of I've heard of people uh, even not wanting to go out and eat because it doesn't stick to their specific diet plan. Well, we're using the word demonize, but it also goes in the other direction where a plan might say to you, this is the secret. Mm. Boiled avocado. And then it becomes obsessive. This is the one thing you need to lose weight. Boiled avocado. Yeah. I think demon... Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... You just, just have chicken, you'll lose weight. Yes. Or same thing goes, as you said, Matt, with exercise. You know, you can demonize certain... Styles of exercise oh, as well. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, this is look. You can't do weights here because we don't want you to get overly big and bulky. You're <clears> just <throat> going to put on weight if you lift weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't want you to get too big and bulky. So what we'll get you to do is um, if you can do these five cardio sessions a day uh, for 14 days, and you'll lose weight. Yes, that's an easy one to spot. Yeah, it's an easy one to spot. And I think basically there what's happening is... It's not, it's not holistic. You should really never 
try anything that is going to demonize one particular food group or one particular or, or position, exercise plan. Or position it as being a miracle cure. Yeah, it, it, it really doesn't happen that way. And, you know, the thing that I always go back to is, you know, the idea of if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Well, like if it was just as easy to say, oh, well, we just need to cut out all sugar. Well, then anybody ever who wants to lose weight would just do that and it would work for them. Well, here's the thing though. That's one thing we always talk about with our clients. Everything has its place mm-hmm. and everything has its role, including sugar. Absolutely. Uh, I I often talk about how I have um, reversed type 2 diabetes. I mean, that's a bit of a stretch because you actually, like, I've got it. I'll always have it. Yeah. It's just a non-factor. But I, but I still have sugar in my diet because I know where where it's appropriate in my plan. Mm. It's the same thing where um, you'll see carbohydrates are an easy one. Mm. Carbs get demonized. Oh, just avoid all carbs. Mate, carbs are the primary fuel source of the human body. Like, don't be a tool. Yeah, don't don't cut out all carbs. Like, are you are you gonna run your car on urine? Yeah. <laughs> what like, an analogy. Okay. You know? You know, so but like I said, it goes the other way where here's this one thing that's gonna work. Now the thing is, Courtney and I often will talk about how uh, weight training is the cornerstone of uh, our, tra- our training programs and all of our clients' training programs. But Courtney, is it the only thing that we or our clients do? No. That would be a hell no. <laughs> so there is, you know, any, any sort of smart holistic plan will incorporate all these different forms of exercise, weight training, intense cardio, less intense movement, etc. Uh, rather than go, well, we'll just cut this and do that. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Sound good? Oh, I was about to say 100%. 90, 90%. 90%. We'll go with that. Yes, definitely. Right. Uh, the second way to identify if a plan is a load of bullshit or not. This is the one where I'm likely to explode. Um, easy. If it tells you that the supplement is the cure. Mm. So, hey, don't eat real food. The human body's been designed to eat for tens of thousands of years. Come and have my shake. How about fuck off? <laughs> so if the plan tells you that it's all about this, this miraculous supplement, tell them to piss off. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, don't really know what to say after that. Well, I mean, we, we get approached all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you get these knobs that find out that we're trainers and it's like, oh, oh, hey, Matt and Courtney, would you like an opportunity to get involved in a business that's taking off worldwide? It's a weight loss shake where all you have to do is stop eating food and just have our shake five times a day. Meanwhile, you and I have lost all the weight that we've lost eating real food. And you've got some dickhead over there saying, oh, well, this... This shake works. Yeah. Here's the deal. If it tells you you need to drink in order in order to lose the weight and not actually eat, it's shit. Yeah. Are you with me, bro? Well, yes. And again, it comes back to those sort of things saying, well, there's a lot of people out there that want to lose weight. And if this actually did work and worked long term, then everybody would just do that. Including us. Including us. 
So I have upped my food a lot over the past, you know, five, six, seven years. I didn't not actually used to eat that much. I would binge eat, but I wouldn't eat that often on a regular basis. When you did eat, it was usually junk. Yes. Much like myself. Which I think is a lot of people's problems in terms of gaining weight. Um, it tends to be eating... It's not overeating per se. No. It's overeating on junk. On the junk food. So I who, had to really fat, learn... Who gets fat eating vegetables? Well, no one. But then I had to learn to eat more often. I had to learn to eat. And it still is something that I have to make sure that I'm constantly paying attention to because my habit for so many years was to not eat overly often. Until you binged. Until I binged. <laughs> so that was my my habit. And as we've spoken about before in our habit episodes, there was two of them that we spoke about how habits are something that you need to continually reinforce in yourself. It's not just like a okay, I fixed it so it's done sort of thing. So eating more often and more regularly is something I always have to pay attention to myself. So if I could get the same results not eating often and just drinking a drink, I would just do that. Yeah. So, and then I wouldn't have to worry about trying to change decades old bad habits to new ones with trying to eat more regularly. So Mm. it's one of those things that has to be put in perspective as well. And to think to yourself, is drinking a drink going to give me the nutrition that I need for my body, is it going to allow me to lose weight? Well, I could go to McDonald's and buy one of their milkshakes and only drink one of those every day for a month and I would lose weight. I'll tell you what, if it could be done on those uh, McDonald's chocolate fig shakes, I'd be but, set. You know, when you think about it, you don't need to, you know, if you're going to go on a liquid diet, you don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for the liquid, you know, just... Drink any liquid, you'll lose weight. You know something else um, worth mentioning? Uh, getting into the, the technical aspects of, of what my, you know, my sort of background is. These, um, these shake-oriented uh, plans slash programs, and there's quite a number of them out there, uh, they're just filled with junk. Like I look at the ingredients on the, on the back of the shake and it's like, I'm not having this. Mm. This is garbage. Well, they all often claim to be natural. Right. All natural ingredients, this sort of stuff. <clears throat> uh, it's got this amount of protein in it, you know. All, all these sort of claims on the front of the packet. To be honest, the protein inside it generally isn't that good. Generally, I'm yet to see a single one that has a protein I would actually give to our dog, Sir Winston Pugglesworth II, <laughs> let alone take myself. Matt and I have a pre and post workout protein shake, which has far more protein in it than those meal replacement. Oh well, you look at the, you look at you look at the one that I have. It's the um, whey protein isolate, and you look on the back, and what's the first ingredient? Whey protein isolate. Yeah, so it makes a big difference to the quality as well that they are pushing out there. But at the end of the day. If it's telling you to drink shakes and not eat food, it's junk. Next next point, perhaps? Also unsustainable junk. Of course, yeah. It's, that's just bullshit. You're not going to be able to do that forever. So that's another thing to really be keeping in mind when you're looking at any of these plants because it goes for most of these, these uh, points that Matt's bringing up about how to spot a bad plan. Keep in mind sustainability pretty much goes with every single one of them. Oh, well, we're getting into that. Yes. Um, can I also just, can I just take one more shot before we move on? Sure. 
These fools that go around trying to sell or peddle this crap, do you know what I love doing when they approach me? Is just asking them, oh, well, can you show me your before and after photos using this? Show me what you've achieved using this uh, shake that you sell. Do you know the response has been so far every single time? Crickets. Hmm. You know why that is? Why? Because they don't fucking use it themselves. Yeah. Well, even if they do use it, most don't use it Here's a deal. in the way it's prescribed show, to be used. Show me the evidence. Mm. All right. Uh, next point of how to spot a dodgy plan. This is a fun one. If it's short term. So if it tells you that, well, this is a 10-day plan, a two-week plan, a 30-day plan, I would also personally argue if it tells you it's a 12-week plan. 28 days. As, well, insert, insert short time frame here. Yes. If they present that as this is what you need to get to your goal, they're full of shit. Now, Courtney, how, how long did it take you to get from when you when you started getting serious to when you could look at yourself and go, yeah, I've made some really good progress here. Really good. Uh, I'm a different person. I would say, oh, well, the, the I didn't notice changes for 12 weeks. I didn't even start to notice changes for 12 weeks. But even then, I wouldn't have looked in the mirror and said I'm a different person. It would have taken a, at least a couple of years. Took me two and a half years. And there's still been, there's still been a process since then. Mm. And then you've got these plans saying, well, come and do our 30-day shred. Yes. How about piss off? Well, the generally things, the general thing is with a lot of these short-term plans is that it cuts out a lot of stuff. Because in order to get any sort of result within that short amount of time frame, you're going to have to really cut out well, a lot of stuff. Before, before we even get into that, the issue is... It's telling someone with what is guaranteed to be years and years worth of bad habits that you can solve them in a month or less. Good luck with that. Well, the expectations just aren't there. Like, they're well, not realistic. You you have been... Court, well, actually, I should explain. Courtney has been uh, a, a PT now for... I'll tell you what. You're coming... You're about four years just about. Believe it or not. Next year. Before. Three and a bit. Mm. Three and a bit. I just uh, celebrated eight years as a PT. Not that long, but in the industry, very long. Now, Courtney, can you just explain uh, how many people have you worked with that solve their problems in 30 days or less? None. Okay. How many people have you met or worked with since being a PT that have solved their problems in 12 weeks or less. None. Funny that, same with me. And so you've had plenty of experience now. So Courtney's worked with stacks of people. I've worked with more even again, just because I had a bit of a head start, you might say. And statistically, I'm still at zero people, myself included, that have solved their problems and changed their life in 12 weeks or less. Now... There will indeed be some people out there that would say, oh, well, I did this eight-week challenge at my gym and got a great result, to which my response would be, great, 
how are you looking six weeks after that? Because if you're keep if you're redoing the same challenges over and over again, tell me how that's working. Yeah. The only, the only way to continue long-term success with any sort of short-term challenge or short-term plan is to continue to do it. Well, and, that, you know, the problem there is, don't you? How's their structured progression? You're repeating the same thing over and over again. Well, there's not structured pro- progression, but there's also then most of these plans don't actually even um, factor in people continuously do, continually doing them. So what happens then also is that you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's, there's well, no difference in the plan. So there's no difference in the food. There's no difference in the exercise. It's always the same thing. And it can become quite boring. And then, you know, we're human beings. Once we get bored, we get disinterested. And then because we haven't actually learned anything along the way or because we haven't actually had anything structured long-term for us, we just stop doing Move it. Move on to the next yeah. shiny object. So that tends to be what happens with the with these short-term plans is that, yes, you're totally right, Matt. A, the expectations are completely unrealistic. And then also... Because it is so short term, the only way that you can continue to get long term success with it is to continually do the same thing over and over and over again, which can be very tedious and tiresome and boring. And as we said at the start, where's the progression in that? Like, how does it improve, you know, and and progress what you're doing? So uh, if it's short term, it's junk. Even though I understand and Courtney understands that you would like it to all be fixed in the short term. I mean, to be fair, so would we, because if we could tailor our clients, oh yeah, we can get you, we can get you sorted in, in a month. Like we'd be billionaires. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to, we have to sort of practice patience with our clients because we know from firsthand experience that no one is doing this in the short term, and that's also why, like Courtney and I, we don't consider anymore working with people for less than 12 months like if someone comes to us and says matt and courtney i want your help i want to get to my i want to lose 50 kilos in six months it's like we got no chance Hmm. no chance and we're not we're not the right people for you because we're not going to waste your time or our time or your money yeah so that is that uh next point on how to spot a shit plan well if they uh if they try and dodge the science or they just say oh it's not a not a big thing so if they're sort of like you know avoiding downplaying um sidestepping uh actual science you know oh look my pt friend yeah he just became a pt about two minutes ago now he told me that if all i do is have biscuits all day i'm gonna lose weight (laughs) or yeah i heard about this guy my uncle knows him he ate nothing but beef <laughs> all day, every day for a week. He lost weight. Oh no, it's just what my friend reckons. Nothing but beef. Nothing but beef, boyf. <laughs> so if it comes across like it's some dude's gimmick or some girl's gimmick, and it's not actually based in peer-reviewed published research, we have a problem. Well. You do have a big problem. There's nothing to back it up. And that, just for me personally, that's a big one for me as a trainer because of, of what I've been taught where I'm always looking for the evidence to go behind it. Because as as Courtney will attest to, I need to know and I want to know why about everything. If I know the why and there's justification for it 
and that justification is founded in in quality research or quality established science like okay i'm in i'll mm. commit but if it's just like what we might call bro science Hashtag bro science. Oh, yeah, you can just have nothing but smashed avocado and you'll lose weight. Like, come on, man, shut up. <laughs> Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. So don't be afraid to ask if you're an inquisitive mind like I am. Don't be afraid to ask, well, okay, where's the science on this? I, don't, I think as well, Matt, I don't think you need to be necessarily an inquisitive mind. I think most people just naturally would be when it comes to their health. And what they're doing and the food they're eating and, and, and that sort of thing. I think most people naturally would be like, oh, okay, why do you do that? Are you sure about that? Uh, most people. Are you sure about that? Given how much money people make selling stupid, nonsensical things that just defy common sense. Because I would disagree with that. I, I think I think some there are a lot of people that do want to know the reason why. Now, when they find out the reason why, if that if, if it seems too good to be true... But yet they still believe it. That's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, I think we'll just agree to disagree on that one. Um, from my experience, all I'm seeing in the weight loss industry largely is the blind leading the blind. <laughs> yes. uh, number five, the fifth way to spot a garbage plan. Well, this one's pretty easy. If it's come from a fitness magazine or you saw it on uh, the daily news on TV, it's probably, it's probably junk. Yes, unless, this is the funniest one. Unless it was us <laughs> yeah. you saw on TV, which we have been on TV. Um, if it was us, then disregard. Although, to be honest, we haven't weren't talking about um, like what we do, basically, just that we had lost weight. True that. But if it's a, um, if it's a fitness magazine, excuse me, talking about uh, the, latest, uh, the latest craze uh, in the fitness industry, yeah, nah. Well, I think as well, if you go to a fitness magazine, be it men or women, women tend to be particularly bad, um, the women's magazines, the actual, if you just even just look at the front cover and you look at the headlines, they usually even contradict each other. So you'll see like a headline that says like how to get the bikini body you want in... 28 days. Yeah, you know, before summer starts. And then you'll find one that says how, um, how to detox the right way, like... Courtney Kardashian, or then you'll see the next headline literally on the same front cover that says, don't detox, you know, do blah, blah, blah. So they contradict, you get, you get actual headlines on the same magazine cover contradicting each other. That is how ridiculous we have got these days. And um, the the mainstream media, like, we'll put it this way, I, I, I can't think of the last time I saw on mainstream media where they broke news on like a weight loss plan that was anything other than a gimmick. Yes. Yes. Or like, some or some piece of research that's come out to say that, you know, coffee gives you cancer or something like that, in which case they tend to just take the little snippet out of the research that gives a headline. Yeah, I I can recommend anything you see in a fitness magazine or have seen on on the your morning brekkie show take with a grain of salt so big it crushes your car <laughs> yes yes i think definitely the 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 gadgets as well that the, the on on tv you're right matt they tend to just go with the new it headline as to you know paleo or you know keto or whatever is the new hit 
it thing that a lot of the celebrities are doing at Vibration the time. Vibration training. And Stand then, on this pad yeah. and vibrate and you'll lose weight. The TV often tends to promote a lot of gadgets as well. So little gadgets that give you a six pack without having to go to the gym. You know, you Sit just... on the couch and drink Coke. Get and his. then stand on our vibration pattern, you'll lose weight. You just get a whole bunch of inconsistent information, information that's being cherry-picked because it's a sexy headline. You know, we've got to the point now where the editors of these magazines don't even care that their headlines actually contradict each other on they're the same cover. Well, to be fair, why do magazines exist? Yeah. To sell advertising. So they don't, they don't care. It's got to, literally to the point where they don't even care the articles that are going into the magazine are incorrect or not. As long as it sells. As long as it sells. And as long as it's got a sexy headline they can put on the front cover. And that's all it really is. You know, eating consistently the right food at the right times and going to work out consistently is not exactly a sexy headline for a magazine. All right. uh, Moving on to uh, the next sign that the plan you're looking at is not very good. If it hinges on one, and I'll use the term loosely, research study. Now, Courtney and I have seen this firsthand. Yes. Uh, where you you can be approached by insert preposterous fucking weight loss shake program here, <laughs> and you're thinking, well, well, in this case, I'm thinking, let's have a look at the research behind this. And the research is uh, paid, a paid in-house study on their own product. Ah, so the research that you paid for came back saying the product that you're selling works. Huh. That that was lucky. Fuck, you guys dodged a bullet on that one. (laughs) That could have gone south. Now, I didn't actually know that this was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Right. I didn't know that this is something that happened quite a lot until oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we looked at that research that one time, Matt, and you explained it to me, and I was like, "No way, mate!" They sponsored their own fucking study. I didn't know that this happens. <laughs> I didn't actually even know that this was legal, but apparently it's fine. They can do it all the time. People do it all the time. So if you look up uh, a product and it says, "Yes, you," they've had all these there, different there's research re- there's articles science behind it. It's our done science. On it. That's great. If you look up the author or the commission, like who commissioned the study. It's the people selling the product. It's often some sort of parent company of the person who is owns the product. So, <laughs> of course, they're not going to pay good money for multiple studies to be done to show or that get they're... A peer, or get it peer-reviewed. To Or get it peer-reviewed to show that their product is shit. So, <laughs> or doesn't work or potentially could be you know, damaging or something like that. Like, of course, they're not going to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. This but was a really there, big eye-opener for me yeah, when I learned this. That, that, it's a major red flag. Yeah. And it's something I look out for all the time because it's like, okay, if, if you're telling me that what you do has merit and it works and then I look at the research and the research has been um, peer-reviewed and published, like, okay, you know what? I can be on board for this. But if I'm reading that Mm, the parent company paid for the study and the study came back positive. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. Love that one. All right, next one? Yes. Uh, the next way to spot the dodgy program is something that Courtney and I call the golden triangle. Yes, or lack thereof. 
Yes, so if it doesn't address the golden triangle, you know you're in trouble. Now, Courtney. What is the golden triangle? Please explain (laughs) what is the golden triangle. So the golden triangle is made up of three points, which is look, function, and feel. Okay, what do you mean by look? So what you mean by look is body composition. So a plan has to address your body composition. Now, by body composition, we mean, very simply, more muscle, less fat. Correct. You want to make someone look really, really good and make them look really, really different and help them lose a lot of weight, give them more muscle and take away their body fat. That's right. And they're going to look fantastic. And And then you've got... How you function. How you function. So function is on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So how are you functioning day-to-day? So you're getting to 3 p.m. in the afternoon and crushing and feeling like that you're just going to fall asleep at your desk at work. You might have a problem. Energy levels are clearly down. Why? Or you can't Um, get through your workout. Can't get through your workout. Your recovery is really bad. You do one workout and you take two weeks to recover. Mm. Um, These are all signs that your day-to-day function of what you're eating and... Or what you're not eating. Or not eating and how that's relating to your day-to-day function and energy levels, that there there is something gone wrong there. So how you're functioning day-to-day is definite red flag if that's not... Any of those things that we mentioned are happening. Well, that's where sustainability comes into it because if you feel like shit on a day-to-day basis, like how long can you keep this up for? We can't. You can't. So, And then the next uh, point on the triangle is how you feel. Uh, Health. As I've said to a few people in the past, there's no point losing a stack of weight and being the best-looking person in hospital on an IV drip getting an infusion of nutrients. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. And I've seen that. I've seen that happen um, and it's not cool. So any plan that doesn't address all three points of the golden triangle, how you look, how you function and you feel, chuck it out. Hundred, yeah. I'm sorry, what? 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 Totally. You're totally right. hundred what? Percent. <laughs> Thank you. All right, last one. Last one and the biggest one, the best one, uh, the one that means the most to me. If a plan uh, tells you what to do, and doesn't teach you what to do, it's no good. It's no, no good. Nope. It's the it's that whole thing of giving you the how. So it's giving you written meal plans, just follow this, just eat this, just do this on these times, blah, 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 blah. But it's not actually ever explaining to you why you're doing it. Why am I eating this at this times? Why have you given me these foods to eat on Monday but not Tuesday? What's the difference? You know, why am I only eating red foods and I'm not allowed to eat green foods? <laughs> like, there's there needs to be some sort of basis behind what people are telling, you know, the general public in terms of follow my plan because of this, 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 and this. There has to be basis behind it. And that totally feeds back into the sustainability argument too because if you don't know why you're doing stuff you're not going to continue to do it well to me as well uh any any plan or program there that tells you what to do in my opinion is disempowering Mm. because you're then relying basically on someone what might be handing you a generic spreadsheet Mm. or pdf file that says well just cut this and eat this and eat that uh, how is that empowering? Yeah. To me, really empowering someone is teaching them like, right, you're getting a great result and you're now going to have the skills and the tools and the habits to keep this yeah. and improve upon this 
Not just, hey, well done, you followed my meal plan for a month, you lost five kilos, now in the next uh, month and a half, you're going to gain eight kilos back. Mm. That's what we call an epic fail. So I will roll out my one of my favorite cliches here, being, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. If the plan tells you what to do and doesn't teach you what to do, get rid of it. Yeah. Immediately because it's a diet. Yep. Yeah? Yes. Uh, that was the final point that I had. Anything else, Courtney, you'd like to bring up or any other rants you'd like to go on? No. No, I think that you summed that up rather well, actually. I think that... Mic drop. Yeah, I think that I hope those tips helped in terms of recognizing poor plans when you come across them. And mm. hopefully, yeah, they uh, they will give you a different way of looking at them. All right, shall we move on to an email? Yes. Uh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where we really think you should email us. Yes. We have an email here that's come from Ireland. Oh, cool. I know. How awesome is that? This comes from Kerry in Ireland. Fantastic. Hello there. No mention of Matt and Courtney. So mm. no, no order preference. Hi there. First off, I'm a new listener. Loving the podcast. You've both done so much. Congratulations. Your advice is invaluable. Must be talking to me. I just wanted to ask you a few bits of advice on a new situation I find myself in. I've just finished five years in university. I got my undergrad and my master's in one go. Wow. Very, Congratulations. Very yep. I've only got a master's in PlayStation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was lucky that the university gives students a free gym membership and have gone on and off most of my time there, off being the semester break. Fair enough. It kept me at a consistent weight, uh, not my ideal weight, but certainly prevented me from the freshers 15, which is 15 pounds in your first semester. <laughs> freshers 15, I like So that. I think we're going to steal that one. Yes. I like that. In the last year of college, a lot changed. Uh, my grandfather passed away. I was really down. I had to complete a three-chapter dissertation. Good student, this one. Mm. Uh, I put on two stone. Should be about 12 kilos. Okay. In the last two months of college alone and came out of university at 98 kilos. I take full responsibility for that and know enough about weight loss and plateaus to get the pounds off. He's, by the way, kudos for taking full responsibility. How mm. rare is that? Very rare. Um, here's where I need your help. I finished college, haven't got a job yet. I have no access to a gym membership, very little funds, but I want to start straight away. And because I don't have a gym, I'm reigning in my diet. I also hate running with a passion. So I'm pushing myself to take up and join a local free running group. My aim is to change enough to start shifting pounds until I can get back to a gym. In essence, damage control. Here's the question, is this enough? I'm hoping to get back to the gym in the next 6 to 12 months. I miss weight training and I know what I'm doing is a quick start to a longer program. Also, can you give any advice to people like me who may have had to cut the gym membership while between jobs and how to maintain fitness? For students who aren't so lucky with a college to equip them with a gym membership, what can they do? 
Look forward to any suggestions you have on the topic. You two are a force to be reckoned with. Cheers from Ireland. Wow, what a great email. Thank you. So, uh, Kerry has sent a fantastic email. email. I'd like you to start with this one. No, no, no. This is a perfect one for you because this is exactly the sort of question you get asked a lot. In terms of, um, is it enough? Yes. Well, the answer is you're going to find out. Mm. Honestly, you're going to find out. Put it this way. um, I've seen it. People who have uh, lost some weight just changing what they eat. Yeah. Now, obviously, in terms of a long-term perspective, um, from a training standpoint, we want to be, um, you know, getting into the gym, improving our strength, building muscle tissue. Because, yes, you can lose weight joining a running group, but then it's like, well, how's the running structured? Eventually, as well, you will get used to it. Yeah, I mean, often, we'll put it this way, often a running group is going to be a running for fitness, mm. which is a little bit different to running for fat loss. If this running group is doing 30-minute sessions of hill sprints, then <laughs> you're in for a good time. <laughs> and I can get behind that. Yes. If the running group is, well, we're going to rack up the kilometers um, and build our endurance, then that you're going to hit a plateau pretty fast on that. Mm. So in terms of is it enough, well, you're going to find out there, Kerry. Seriously, you're going to find out. Um, I would also say, looking at this from a long-term perspective, you know what? You do what you can. Yeah. You do what you can, and it's better than nothing because, we'll put it this way, there's plenty of people in the world who, faced with a situation like this, would go, oh, well, I can't do it perfect, so I'll just eat donuts. Mm -hmm. So good on you for doing what you can and doing what's in your control. And here's a high five from Australia all the way to Ireland from that. Yeah. and I, The attitude there is fantastic. So you'll find out if it's going to work or not. I just would be looking at the way the running is structured. Like I said, if it is uh, long distance stuff, then you're going to hit a wall there pretty quickly. That's just fitness versus fat loss. And I would recommend referring back to an old episode of ours on how do I do cardio. I'm going to look that up. Courtney, please talk. I think as well, the... Other part of the question, which was based around what what should other people do if they're in a situation where they don't have access to a gym? I think the same sort of rule applies. Just the fact if you could do what you can is mm. fantastic. So we've had it even before when people have been traveling and they say, look, I'm not going to have ability to go to a gym. But there's still exercise that can be done. Yep. And so that goes for everyone, whether you are at, university, college, and you don't have access to a gym. Or you live in remote areas. Remote areas, you don't have access to a gym. So there's definitely people in the world that has to live without being able to set foot in a gym. And that's okay. As, as, as Matt said, there's no point, you know, throwing hands up in the air and just saying, oh, well, the whole thing's stuffed because I can't do this one thing. There's You work around it. Realistically, Eating part is just as important and I think it's highly underrated. So everyone is very quick to, talk, to always think and to talk about the exercise. Which it does play a role. 100%. Oh. Well, I'm sorry, what? Absolutely, it plays a role. But I think that the eating part is also really important. and Also really a, important, it's critical. And for a lot of people, exercise is the place that they want to start first. Which is fine. Because it tends to be the most... The, the most comfortable place for a lot of people to start. Yeah, definitely. As opposed to 
looking at the food. Oh, 100%. So you can still start with the exercise if you don't have access to a gym. You can start with the outside. There's plenty of routines you can take yourself through. I've even seen people set things up at their house. You know, by the time you've got, if you've got a step up block or if you've just got steps in your house, um, that you can do things, you can take yourself through a little bit of a really hard 30 minute exercise routine. Well, that's what we do with our crew. We give, um, we give our clients workouts they can do at home. Yeah. We, we do even, we, some Matt and I will sometimes just do exercises here. In the garage. Um, in the garage. If we can't. Go outside, or, or if we could, or because couldn't be bothered. We can't be bothered driving to, to the, the gym. gym. If often we'll try to do a lot of our exercise outside, but if it's maybe really wet and we don't want to go running around our house because it can be quite slippery. No, you mean a lot of the paths. You mean when you don't want your hair to get wet? Well, I, I really don't enjoy running in the rain. No, um, there's no like secret about that. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll often do things in in the garage as well. So. Definitely, if Things you can't if you can't get access to a gym to start weight training straight away, or if you have to take a break from it, like Kerry, because the situation has changed where she was going to the gym, then do what you can. Do what you can, definitely, and still, focus on well, the food. Focus on still moving your body. Make sure you're moving your body. Make sure you're focusing on your food and mm. just judge your judge your progress from there. Don't, well, as I said, you not. A lot of people, again, they try to put too much pressure on themselves to get everything perfect straight away. Uh, great advice and a great um, lead into the, the point I was just going to make before we wrap it up. Um, with Kerry's situation in particular, question being, is it enough? Well, here's what you do. You assess it and find out. Mm. So take, uh, take a set of before photos, front, side and back. Um, do what you're doing. And then uh, in about six weeks time, take a new set of, fo- of photos and compare them. Then six weeks after that, do the same thing. Yeah. Ultimately, if the photos are changing, you're doing something good. If the photos aren't changing, something's not quite right. Yeah, basically. 100%. <laughs> so I uh, hope that helps, uh, Kerry. If not, you know who to blame. She's right here next to me. Uh, I reckon we wrap it up. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where we would like you to send uh, emails. Ask questions, give opinions, just abuse us. Like, it's all good to us. Uh, or you can message us through our Facebook page, Facebook at The Weight Loss Podcast. Mm, what a shock. Uh, that's a wrap. Yes. I think we'll call that an episode. Uh, so give it to me. That's a high five. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, We're good ending. Bye. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.